I, I want to read this morning from the Bible, and we're going to read some verses from the Gospel according to John chapter 20. The Gospel according to John chapter 20, and we're going to read from verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was dark, unto the sepulchre, and saved the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have led him. Peter therefore went forth, and the other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and first came to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went unto the sepulchre, and saved the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping, and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and saved two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have led him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast led him and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is the same master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father, and your father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. What a delightful portion of God's precious words. I have to confess, dear friends, that every time I read the Gospels, I wish I could get into H.G. Wells' time machine. That's that science fiction time machine. You get into it and you can turn the dial either into the future or you can turn the dial into the past. And 
if I could get into ACL's time machine, I would turn the dial back. And it would be wonderful if we could have actually witnessed this tremendous encounter that Mary Magdalene had with the risen Christ here in John chapter 20. And for a little time this morning, we're going to have a look at Mary Magdalene. Now, if you've been looking at the newspapers recently, you of course know that they have recently produced a film about Mary Magdalene. I haven't seen the film, of course, but it was advertised in the paper, a new film about this character, Mary Magdalene. There are others, of course, that make the bold statement that our Lord Jesus was actually married and that Mary Magdalene was actually his wife. Of course, we reject that completely. But uh, isn't it interesting that uh, she has been recently in the news? A film about her. So it's very interesting that we can have a glimpse of what the Bible has to say about this tremendous woman. And I'm going to mention very briefly this morning uh, five things that the Bible clearly teaches about this woman. First of all, we're going to see that she was a demon-possessed woman. Secondly, we're going to see that she was a delivered woman. Thirdly, we're going to see she was a devoted woman. Fourthly, we're going to see she was a distressed woman. And then lastly and briefly, we're going to see that she was a delighted woman. Some preachers only give you three points. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give you five this morning. And these are things that the Bible clearly teaches about this wonderful woman, Mary Magdalene. First of all, then, we start off with a very sad episode in her life. The Bible tells us she was a, once a demon-possessed woman. And out of her, out of, out of, out of Mary Magdalene, there was a, a tremendous evil influence from time to time. And we don't know much about her background, but the Bible clearly teaches that there was a once a time in her life in which she was demon-possessed. Not with one demon, not with two demons, not with three or four or five or six, but no less than seven demons entered and possessed the body of Mary Magdalene. Now when we think of demons, we must remember that uh, they were originally angels that fell with uh, Lucifer before he became known as uh, Satan. In creation, God created uh, a vast numbers uh, of angels 
We don't know the exact number that God created, but a vast number of angels. But uh, Lucifer, one of the archangels, he rebelled against God. And as a result, he was cast out of heaven. And along with him, there was also a number of angels that fell with him. We don't know exactly how many. Some say that at least a third of the angels fell with Lucifer from heaven. That is just a supposition. It could be true, but a certain number of angels fell with Lucifer when he was cast out of heaven. And these fallen angels are actually demons. And that is what the Bible means when it speaks of demons. Actually fallen angels that fell out of heaven and seek to enter into the bodies of men and women. Not just something that happened in the first century AD, but even today in certain parts of the world there are still people that are demon possessed. And how awful that must be. So here's Mary Magdalene. There was a time in her life in which she was possessed with no less than seven demons. And how those demons manifested themselves through Mary Magdalene were not told. Just the bare fact that she was possessed with these seven demons. But then there came a wonderful time in uh, Mary's uh, life uh, in which she came into contact uh, with the Lord uh, himself. And that's always a great time, dear friends, uh, when we come into contact uh, with the Lord. Perhaps she heard him preaching. Perhaps she heard him teaching. And uh, she saw his mighty miracles that he performed. And we find that uh, she came into contact with the Lord uh, and uh, the Lord cast out uh, those seven demons uh, that were within her. Think of that, friends. Perhaps for many years uh, possessed with these awful demons. uh, And then she meets the Lord uh, and the Lord, by his mighty power, he cast the demons out. uh, And she was gloriously and wonderfully delivered uh, from them. Now you can imagine how Mary Magdalene must have felt to be emancipated, to be delivered from these awful forces that were within her body, that controlled her body and controlled her mind. But you see, the Lord is greater than all the demons of hell, and he was able to deliver this woman from these awful demons. So she was not only once a demon-possessed woman, but she was a delivered woman. Set free, emancipated by the power of the Lord himself. And that would be something that Mary Magdalene could never forget. To be delivered, to be set free, to be, to be emancipated, and to enjoy freedom and liberty. 
And then we find, thirdly, that she was a devoted woman. And it's very interesting when you read her life that here's a woman, after being delivered from these evil demons, she then became a disciple, a follower of the Lord himself. And she went with him along with others as he taught and preached and and performed miracles in different places. She was a devoted disciple and follower of the Lord Jesus. And here was someone who loved the Lord with every fiber of her being. Here was someone that had a tremendous passion for the master that done something wonderful in her life. And we're told that she even ministered to him in her own substance. But then we find that such was her love for the Lord that she is at the cross when Jesus was being crucified. She was actually there and stood at the cross with his mother Mary and the other Mary, the wife of Cleophas, the three Marys, they were standing there at the cross and Mary Magdalene was one of them. Such was the devotion that she had and the love that she had for this Jesus that she went to the cross and stood. Probably for those six hours the Lord Jesus was on the cross he was crucified at the third hour onto the ninth hour. Nine o'clock, three o'clock, hour time. And for those six hours, she was probably there looking up into the face of someone who was going through agony and pain. And she realized, this is the one that delivered me, that set me free from those awful demons. And she was at the cross. But then we find that she's first at the tomb. Isn't that interesting? First at the tomb. Bringing her spices to continue embalming and anointing the body of Jesus. At the cross and the first at the tomb. And we can see something of her devotion to Jesus by the way she described him. Look at verse 2. Then, then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, notice this, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre and we know not where they have led him. Notice the Lord. But then go down to verse 13. It says, and they say unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Listen to this. She saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have led him. To the disciples, the Lord. To the angels, my Lord. Here's a woman that was utterly devoted Here's a woman that loved Jesus with every fiber of her being. She was a devoted woman. But then notice fourthly, she was a distressed woman. 
because she goes to the tomb, to the sepulchre, and then she finds the big stone that sealed the tomb had been taken away. And then she finds that she jumped to the wrong conclusion because she then runs and comes to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, probably John, whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre and we know not where they have led him. The stone's away. The tomb's empty, and she jumped to the conclusion, ah, they have taken away his body. Where have they put him? Now here's something amazing, dear friends. Have you ever thought of this? Not one of the disciples ever believed that Jesus would ever rise again from the dead. Have you ever thought of that, friends? Have you ever thought of that? None of them believed that Jesus would rise from the dead. How do I know? Think of the awful job he had to convince them that he was alive from the dead. They didn't believe that he was rise again from the dead. He's dead. And all the hopes were dashed. <coughs> and what a job the Lord had to convince the disciples. Over 40 days that he had really conquered death and that he was really alive. And we can see that with regard to Mary Magdalene. Distressed. They have taken away the Lord and we don't know where they have put him distressed heartbroken she's weeping she's in tears sorrow has filled her heart and her mind this one that's done so much for her is dead but if that's not bad enough they've even taken his body somewhere and I don't know where they put it here's a woman that was greatly distressed oh the depression in her soul and in her mind must have been awful. Oh Lord, where is he? I want to find him. Even just, just the corpse, that would satisfy. If I could just find the corpse, I could take him away somewhere. She was a distressed woman. All her hopes were dashed. There's no solution to the problem. He's gone. Where is he? A distressed woman. But then we come to a delightful part. We find that she was a delighted woman. Because we find that when she addressed the angels, they have taken away my Lord, know not where they have led him. Verse 14 says, And when she had lost said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? 
She supposing him to the gardener saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast led him, and I will take him away. Even when Jesus appeared to her, such was her distress and anxiety and worry and fear that she didn't even recognize the, the risen Christ. She supposed him to be the gardener. But notice what happened next. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. And as soon as he said that, she turned round and she said, Rabboni, which is master teacher. In other words, she recognized the risen Christ by his voice. And just the way he would have said her name. That is why I would have loved to have been there. Just to witness and to hear the Lord address Mary Magdalene by her name, Mary. Because when that happened, the penny dropped. Oh, she says, this is Jesus. Just the way he would have said her name. Because no doubt before the resurrection... There were many times in which he would have spoken to Mary Magdalene and addressed her by Mary. And as soon as she, he said her name, she recognized him. It is the risen Christ. You see, dear friends, when our Lord rose from the dead, it was the same body, only different. It was the same body that was crucified on the cross. He still bore the nails, the print of the nails. In his feet and his hands and the spear in his side. It was the same body, but it was changed. By the mighty power of God. It wasn't subject to the law of gravitation anymore. Because in Acts chapter 6 it says he began to ascend up into heaven. You try and do that. The law of gravitation would defeat you. But our Lord's body wasn't subject to gravitation. And then it could appear and disappear. It could walk through doors. Because the disciples were there. The doors were closed. When suddenly Jesus was there. They didn't open the door for him. No. He was able to walk through the door. You try that. Oh, this was a resurrection body. That was different. That was changed. But here's the interesting thing. In many ways it was a changed body, but his voice was still the same. And dear friends, isn't a lovely thought there? That uh, when you receive your resurrection body, if you happen to die before the Lord comes, I wonder if we'd be still speaking in the Scottish accents. Well, I'd be still speaking in the Northern Ireland accent. You see, our Lord's, our Lord's voice wasn't changed. It was the same voice. And that's how she recognized the risen Christ. And her problems were all solved. 
Instead of anxiety, instead of fear, there's joy, there's excitement. Rabboni, master, teacher. And I believe that uh, she was on her knees, uh, clinging to the risen Christ. A delighted woman. What a character Mary Magdalene was. But notice this. She was the first person that the Lord appeared to when he rose from the dead. Not to the apostles, not to his mother, but to Mary Magdalene. She was the first person that the Lord appeared to. And gave her the, the commission, go and tell the disciples that I am alive forevermore. She became the first evangelist with the tremendous news that our Lord had risen again from the dead. Mary Magdalene, yes, once the demon-possessed woman, then a delivered woman, then a devoted woman, then a distressed woman, and then, thank God, a delighted woman. Because her Lord wasn't dead, but is alive, and alive forevermore. Now, let me say, let me tell you something, friends. I've been praying for this meeting. I've been talking to my Heavenly Father about uh, you all. <coughs> and I've been saying, Heavenly Father, when I go to speak to those good people in Moody'sburn on Sunday morning, would you please do something for me? Let not those people that will be in that meeting and hear your word, not my word, but hear your word, let them not leave the church the same way they came in, but let them leave changed and transformed. Now, why, do I, why did I pray that? Well, let me say very graciously, friends, there's every possibility that we come to church on a Sunday morning. Whether it's here at Moody'sburn or elsewhere, we come to church sometimes out of habit, out of custom, out of tradition. And we come to church and we sing the hymns and we engage in worship and we hear the preacher, whoever it is, preach. And what happens? If we're not careful, we leave the church the same way we came in. Not one bit better. And that is why I said, Heavenly Father, don't let that happen. I want those people that listen to your word on Sunday morning, I want them to be changed and transformed and to leave the church better than when they came in. They tell me, let me challenge you, every one of you, from the youngest to the oldest, is that going to happen to you this morning? You've come, thank you for your presence, I don't like speaking to disembodied spirits, thank you for coming this morning, you've heard the word, they tell me, which way are you going to leave the church this morning?
Now I don't know how you've came mentally, spiritually. Maybe feeling a bit discouraged. Maybe feeling or even on top of the mountain. I don't know how you've come. But by prayer will be answered if every one of us would leave this church better than when we came in. Why? Because this is what God wants to do. He's in the business of changing people, of transforming people. But you see, we sometimes come out of habit. We come out of tradition, out of routine, routine even. I'll be just sit there. I'll be just sing the hymns. We worship, and then we just leave. Do better than when we came in. But it would be wonderful, friends. If we leave this church this morning with a fresh vision of the risen Christ. You see, the founder of Islam, the Mohammed, he's dead. Buddha is dead. The founder of the religions, they're dead. But the thing that distinguishes Christianity from these other religions is that the founder is alive. Alive forevermore. He's a living Christ. He's not dead, but he's alive. And uh, we want to know him in his resurrection life. And God wants to change you this morning. He wants to transform you from one degree of glory into another degree of glory. Because he's in the changing business. They tell me, what about you? What about me, friends? How are you going to leave the church this morning? Oh, I trust it. Changed. Not because you've met with me. Oh, no. Not because you've heard a sermon. No, no. But in some way the Lord has come to you personally, individually. And has revealed himself to you. And you're going to leave changed, transformed, better than when you came in. Because isn't it sad that you come in the presence of God and not be changed? It can happen, friends. We can close ourselves off. Think of Moses spending 40 days with the Lord on Mount Sinai in the mountain. And after those 40 days, we read that he came down from the mountain. And the Bible says that his face shone. The heavenly cosmetics, his face shone. He didn't know it, but others knew it. And he had to hide and shield his face. Oh, I trust this morning we shall leave with our faces beaming, with the glory and the splendor of the Lord. And we shall leave the meeting changed, transformed, because we have met with the Lord. Not just with each other, that's good. But because we have met with him, the one who has saved us and changed us and transformed us. Think of these things, dear friends. 
the same Lord that changed Mary Magdalene. And remember, she's mentioned 14 times in the Gospels. It's one who loved the Lord with all her heart because he delivered her from all those demons. May God bless you. And may we leave the meeting in answer to my prayer, changed and transformed to be a better Christian and to face the week that lies ahead because we've met with him who's alive forevermore. Amen.